Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Paul Gallant. Join the conversation by dialing or texting 713-780-3776. Most interactive sports talk show in Houston. The college football national championship is set. Unfortunately, it will not involve the Texas Longhorns. For many of you guys listening right now, they fell 37-31 to Washington last night while Michigan outlasted Alabama in overtime. It's going to be Michigan and Washington. Meanwhile, on Sunday, the Texans took down the Tennessee Titans in a very convincing manner, 26-3. They will play the Indianapolis Colts Saturday night in Indy. And a playoff spot is on the line with both of those teams at 9-7. and seven. You want to jump in, you can at 713-780-3776. You can also join us on Twitter, Akalon says. Since we are the most interactive sports talk show in Houston, it has been interesting to take a look at the Twitch today. The Twitch in particular has been going very hard against Nick Casario over the last 15-20 minutes or so while DJ was in studio with me. And I am curious about how people are feeling about Casario at this specific moment in time. Because you do go back almost a full calendar year right after the Texans beat the Colts the last game of the year. People were blaming Nick Casario not just for firing another black head coach after one year. It was his fault. Why isn't he getting fired too? They were also blaming him for allowing Lovey Smith to try and win the last game of the regular season. If you've listened to me long enough, you know that I think the idea of tanking is morally wrong in the NFL, and I think you're a loser if you root for it. I think it's weird to root for better draft picks. I was rooting for the Patriots to beat the Broncos on Sunday, the Sunday of uh, the birth of our Lord, right? I was rooting for that because I don't want the Patriots to be the worst team in the NFL. Far be it from me. To, to ask for something like that, which might cost them draft picks. But I, I don't think ultimately that the draft picks that you're going to get, like you have that much better of a chance of landing the guy just by having a better pick. You have to have good evaluators. And newsflash, guess who hasn't been a great evaluator recently? Bill Belichick. Hey. I'd rather win. At least now they've for sure clinched being not the worst team. The Carolina Panthers have clinched. Huzzah! By throwing a well, not by throwing a drink at uh at Jaguars Pepper, fans, dude, that was hilarious. It was, I it was great because it was it's so like kind of harmless, but it's also a very funny thing for him to do. And like you could tell he's so upset, but then at the end of the day, it's not like he like punched a guy or like did anything very violent. He just threw a drink at someone. I'd have more respect for him if he slapped him or if he punched like, him. Like Buzz Aldrin, throwing a drink <laughs> on somebody is a lame move. Because you're assuming no accountability on that front. I will say, this is, this is a, a finger wag at the ladies out there who have thrown a drink at somebody. We don't get to retaliate, right? I'm not, I'm not suggesting we should get to retaliate. But you know very well that if you throw a drink at a man, he's not going to do anything back. And it's not quite a slap, so you're not going to get charged with assault. It's... Just enough to be annoying slash the worst. And what Dave Tepper did there, yeah, it's a bitch move. It's a bitch move. You're in your box and you throw a drink at somebody. Like, it's a 
that's a bitch move, dude. Uh, hey, have one of your armed security guys go down there and like rough them up know, a little. Rough them up. That would be less of a coward move. This is a coward move, Dave Tepper. Guards, guards, seize him. Like right, do, do that. Like and then a, they're like, yeah, like he's, he's assaulting. They hold the fan up. They hold the fan up and like by one arm each, and he's like punching him like he's an action movie hero from the eighties. Right as he's like revealing his evil plan, and mm-hmm. instead he throws a drink from the box. Imagine a Jaguars fan, by the way, getting under your skin. A Jaguars fan got under your hey, skin. Hey, hey, Jaguars fans got under the uh, Texan skin. There's people at, every week that are retweeting that one Jaguars fan that was like, the AFC South runs through Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in the division. And uh, people are still retweeting that, being like, the Jags are 1-5 in five since then. They are. Year. They are. He, he might have cost the Jaguars their season, but... Uh, to bring it back to Nick Casario, we did go yeah, off on a tangent sorry. there. No, no, no. That was a good tangent. I'm glad we brought that up. Nick Casario, I think, has done a good job this year. I, I mean, look, they might have gotten lucky when it comes to C.J. Stroud drafting him second overall. They might have wanted Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. They're never going to tell us the truth on that front, but I think it's conventional wisdom that anybody who had the first overall pick was going to take Bryce Young in that spot. But I don't have a problem with the Will Anderson trade on the way that a lot of other people do. I think a lot of people believe that a draft pick that is early on is guaranteed to be a good player and that if the Texans had multiple draft picks that they could have added more talent to the roster. And yes, that is technically true. But again, you're playing the lottery and you can't make assumptions that those two picks that you would have had would turn into good players or even starters. Very often, these guys don't end up being good players don't end up being starters it's about a 50 50 proposition as far as whether or not the guy's just going to be an nfl player when you take a guy in the first round no matter where so i think a lot of people held that against casario and i think it was a little bit unfair and i do think that considering the cap space that they are working with and considering my god the injuries that they've had on the offensive line i think he's done a pretty good job of finding pieces to plug the holes and i mean yet again you have another guy starting on the offensive line. You got Charlie Heck playing right tackle. Uh, Laramie Tunsil leaves the game for a little bit. So you move George Fant over to left tackle. Uh, they have cobbled together a pretty decent offensive line this year. And finding Derek Barnett, bringing in Kareem Jackson, though, I didn't notice Kareem Jackson a whole lot. I kept on thinking, oh, yeah, wow, Kareem Jackson's having a good game. And it was actually Desmond King. He played I, I out of his the, mind. I had the same thought, too. Wearing 25. Yeah, because he wore 25. I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's not Kareem Jackson. I think also, didn't Desmond King have like some sort of late hit or like some iffy hit? Oh, it was BS. He, no, he, no, but that's when I thought it was Kareem Jackson. <laughs> I still thought it was Kareem Jackson because Kareem Jackson has done that 15 when times. When he came year. in and he belted Tannehill, who spun into yeah. him. That was a terrible call. No, I, I I don't actually think it was a dirty hit, but it was it was one of those where the, where the ref crew like shows it in slow-mo. And I'm like, wait, was that Kareem Jackson? <laughs> I... I I got to say, King played well on, on it was, it was Sunday. Good. It wasn't just that. He had a couple of good punt returns. I feel bad for him. He's had he, he had a near pick six in this game. He has also had two like, fumble scooping scores called back because he stole the ball from Tannehill. If the quarterback's not down, you should be able to hit the guy as hard as you can. If he's not down, you should be able to hit him. I, I, I get the whistle is blowing, but it's not the Matrix. If a guy's flying up to finish off a play... You're expecting the guy to stop. And, and he didn't even knock Tannehill over. Like, if Tannehill had flopped or something like that, uh, like I, that would have even made a little bit more sense there. But to call an unnecessary roughness there, uh, 
it, it was such a satisfying ball yeah. don't lie when Christian Harris knocked down that pass in the flats so that they got the goal line stand because that I I hated that call. That that to me is the biggest deal, biggest thing with like the late hits or the late hit out of bounds uh, situations. Like if he doesn't like crush them. Like what are we doing? Like right. if you just get the last push on a guy, like like that Kareem Jackson or Desmond King was not Kareem Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even do that on purpose. Uh, that that play where it's like I I feel like there needs to be more contact for the flag to come out there. If it was, I agree, if he blew him up, I would I would understand calling the flag there. But just he it, didn't blow him up. Yeah, if you didn't blow him up, then what like what are we legislating here? I I don't understand it myself. It's bizarre. We babied quarterbacks too much. But King played well in this game. And that's a guy, by the way, that the Texans cut and brought back into the fold. Now, you could criticize Casario for cutting King no. earlier in the year. It's what we needed. What we needed at the time and what we need now. It's the motivation he needed. We- wheeling and dealing like he's a fantasy football owner. That's what he's doing. Wheeling and dealing, right. I mean, look, Shaquille Griffin, he, who had some criticism of the way that uh, he was kind of phased out here. Okay, I can, under- I can understand it, but... I mean, King's clearly a more impactful player. Real issue for the Texans, I think, going forward is, okay, like, how how do they figure out how to stop these deep plays from happening against them? Because the offense is going to be limited with the injury to Tank Dell. C.J. Stroud has a very good, I think, rapport with Nico Collins. He's going to have to be healthy if the Texans have a chance to win a playoff game or make the playoffs, of course. But I, 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 I look at the Texans, and I, and I feel like they will be able to, at the very least, put up a good show against anybody that they go up against in an AFC that I feel like outside of Baltimore right now, it, it, no one's playing very well. And Baltimore's killing everybody. They deserve a lot of credit. They easily won the one seed in the AFC. But you take a look across the AFC. Is there anyone that you're looking at if the Texans do make the playoffs and saying like, oh, they're going to get dusted? Maybe Kansas City because <laughs> past experiences. But I, I, I feel... I feel very good about this Texans team right now. Not good enough to actually predict a victory on Saturday. We do not predict Texans games anymore. They are impossible oh, to predict. They're impossible to predict, and especially when they're on the road, as DJ said in, in the yeah, last hour. Yeah, it's a little yeah. bit hard. It, it is It is hard. That That is why, I mean, you touched on it with DJ, where they still can win the division, and that would be huge for them to win the division. You are depending on the Tennessee Titans, who's a team that uh, the Texans have pants the but two of the last three weeks or three of the last four weeks, whatever it's been. So uh, it's been the holidays. Who cares? Time's a flat circle. <laughs> um, but you you are depending on, you know, Tennessee to make that happen. But if this team could, if you could just, like, you know, wiggle your fingers and make them the division winner, like, that would be huge for their <laughs> their chances in the first round. Whereas, like you said, in the second round, you're like, you don't feel awesome against any matchup, and you but you also don't feel like, absolutely horrendous about any matchup right. maybe so, know, maybe the bills would be tough bills bills feel like that'd be a tough matchup for the texans couple of questions on the table on the most interactive sports talk show in houston 713-780-3776 should the texans make the playoffs would you feel good about their chances to win one game and did texas blow the biggest opportunity they'll ever have to win a national title <laughs> but up next we gotta go over all of the many things that we did not get to discuss when this show went on a very prolonged break. Hashtag vacation days. It's the Paul Galat Show. Stick around. You're watching ESPN 97.5 with your ears. High definition.
Welcome back to the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Here's your host, former Shorecrest Preparatory All-District Safety, Paul Gallant. A lot of things that we missed over the last couple of weeks. We're thankful to be back on the air. Good to hang out with Sean again. Good to hang out with y'all listeners. Sean's not so been all right about it. Been all right hanging out with Paul. It's I did really enjoy working with Jeremy yesterday. And wow. Joe. And Joe too. Wow. What? I'm just saying. I I I, I enjoyed yesterday's show more than today's show. Well, yeah, because that's if I'm, lost. If I'm power ranking the best shows of 2024, uh, yesterday, wow, number two. Yesterday, uh, number one, uh, Connor and Beard. Yesterday, number two, uh, the bench this morning. Number three, Connor and Beard coming up next. Number four. Wow, we're the we're the Florida State of this. We we got left out of the playoff. You got left out of the playoff. But I I'm not losing. 87 to nothing to Georgia, though. That ain't me. No way. No, sir. No. Wait, what? I what's, am glad, by the way. Was bowl game again? Uh, they lost 45 nothing, which okay. uh, is a less margin of loss than Florida State's loss to Georgia. 63 to 3, yeah. 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 Congrats. Yeah. Hey, lots of things that we missed over the last couple of days. We got to go to Saturday night. So... Had this game on in the background as I was finishing holiday cards. Here's what I do. I make New Year's cards so I can procrastinate and send them out in February at the latest. It's still the new year. Smart. And I have the Cowboys and Lions game on my TV. And I'm not paying serious attention to the game until probably like the last five minutes or so. But then I got locked in. We're about to do something that I don't think we've ever done here on the Paul Galan show. And I think we're going to alienate a lot of listeners right now. If you've listened to this show long enough, you know that Sean Mapes and I, we back the blues. We've got the back of every umpire, NBA ref, and NFL ref. It's a tough job that requires split second, difficult, decisions that might have you fearing for your life. But I think after what we saw on Saturday, I'm out. And I'm not saying that the Lions getting jobbed in a Cowboys-Lions playoff kind of atmosphere for the second time in a decade. I'm I'm not saying that this is the kind of event that should lead to a bunch of people protesting for months and months and looting small businesses, etc. I'm not saying that, but I am saying that I can no longer back the blue after that ridiculous call, then explanation on Saturday during that Cowboys-Lions game. Shout out to the Cowboys. Who won? Also, uh, shout out to Dan Campbell's possibly two large coconuts in that moment. Going for it again, not just once, but three times when the football gods may have been trying to tell him a sign. But for that NFL ref, Brad Miller, to say in the pool report after the game that number 70, not number 68, 
reported as eligible on that play is just completely full of it. And to also see over the last couple of days the amount of boboing that has been done for the referee is ridiculous. We found out that it seems there's a report out now that these guys are not going to be a part of the playoffs. I think it should go a step further. If you're going to suspend Calvin Ridley a whole year for doing an effing parlay, when something like this happens and is legitimately the reason the game ended the way that it did, you got to fire him. You have to actually fire him because this does make the integrity of the game look suspect at this moment in time. And there's no defense for it. It is very clear that 68 was talking to the referee, 70 came in late, and that referee never made eye contact with number 70. We saw the replay. And this mother bleeper lied after the fact in the pool report. At the best case, he had an all-time brain, not fart, chart. He had an all-time brain chart in that moment. Best case scenario. Worst case scenario, he's on the take from the NFL to try to give the Cowboys a W. Which is not that far-fetched, is it? Is, is that a thought that's going through your head? It should be a thought that's going through your head. And I'm never hey. NFL rig guy, but I'm sorry, Sean. That that's moment right far. there. Come on, man. We're talking about the Cowboys getting giving them a potential home game in the playoffs there. These, this should never cross your mind. But it does cross my mind because the guy lied after the fact. If he even admitted, like, yep, I have that up. Cool. He can't even admit that in the pool report. If the... NFL wanted to rig things for the Cowboys. They would have been to an NFC title game the last 30 years. That's 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 my general defense against the NFL rigging things for the Cowboys is they haven't made the NFC title game in 30 years. If they're really serious about rigging it, they would have more success. Touche. <laughs> I, think, I think Brad Miller sucks at his job. Let's have the immediate reaction afterwards and a bunch of Cowboys fans are saying, well, there was a tripping call that was missed too. Look, that's fine, but this one, this is one of those calls where it directly impacted the score in that moment, right there, and there was 11 seconds left. So, this was going to be the game. Yeah. I get it. You, there's lots of calls over the course of a game that are very difficult for a referee to make, and they're going to make some bad calls. But, man, it feels like there's been just a lot. I would say to the college football playoff games that we watched, there were lots of very late reviews on calls that we all saw clear as day in the moment. And they needed to review every single one? Yeah, and they had to review to view every single one to, like, get them right. Right. Like, it wasn't like they were being extra cautious. They it was missed, like, they're wrong. They missed in the Texas-Washington game the fumble. Clearly a fumble. <laughs> yeah. It was clearly a Super. fumble. So it was as he was running. Fumble, I mean, though. my God, how do you miss that? There, there was there was a uh, a clear completion There's a, that they uh, reviewed, and they're like, oh, his hands are bobbling. Like, are we serious here, guys? There's a first down. Uh, there was a Washington first down that they called on the field, and then when they reviewed it, he was like a yard short. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Alabama, the first play of the game was an interception. The guy stepped yeah. out of bounds right before the interception, and the ref threw his hat up in the in the air, like signaling that he saw him step out of bounds. But then they still called it an interception on the field. It, it was there's some wilds. I mean, I'm, I mean, it's been. 17 hours of football since the beginning of the Alabama game. That's the only play I, I remember. But I, I remember during the Alabama game thinking like, wow, there's a lot of calls that they're getting wrong and then reviewing and getting right. Were they in holiday mode too? Were they rigging it for Alabama? It could have been. Got them to overtime. 
Do you think that they might have been in holiday mode, though? Like like wow. some would argue maybe I am right now. Were they – because this this weekend in totality, Sean, for football refereeing was, I thought, a, a really bad one. Hell, the Texans game, the Desmond King thing, what was that? That, to me, is like normal – NFL refereeing like that's just how the game is refereed like th- they'll call that play on week six in the NFL like that, that to me it's like they the, they do that 10 times a week uh, but I do think it's also interesting this is something I think I knew at one point and then forgot and then relearned because of uh, I, I think it's Brad Allen not Brad Miller oh, okay. I just Brad Miller's the old center for the Sacramento Kings I think oh, yeah that's true. Um, shout out to him uh brad the brad allen thing was uh nfl refs are part-time brad allen you're right yep the nfl refs are part-time every other league has full-time referees or umpires so it's crazy that the nfl just has part-time referee like brad allen just has a has an off-season job like he's a 1920s baseball player that feels like an easy fix for the league if they you know take this seriously in any way that like, hey, we could really clean a lot up if we if we had if we paid these guys enough to that they could do this as a full time job. The thing is, I don't know that it would fix it. I do think that these guys are kind of screwed because of HD cameras. You know, like, like that that reception that was a catch that they reviewed. They only reviewed it because the camera was able to catch in slow motion the ball like, slightly but, moving. But no one would have argued against that in yeah. 1970s if you saw the replay. There, you're like, oh wow, what a catch! But but. Maybe they could have known who is actually rule like declaring as eligible. They can cut out a lot of those stuff. Like the absolute like what are what are they doing? Flags and like I mean the brain farts uh, or no brain sharts. I don't know if we can say shart on the radio. Well, we've done. It's one of those things where it's it's like Airbud. There's no rule that a retriever can't play basketball. I don't think the FCC was like, oh, what what if they say this word? We're pushing boundaries here. <laughs> pushing boundaries. It's 2024 and it's new us. Mm-hmm. Pushing mm-hmm. more boundaries than we've pushed. We're before. bringing back freedom of speech. <laughs> and using yeah, that freedom, maybe. we're saying shart. Right. We're saying shart, and we're accusing referees of rigging things for the Cowboys, which we have never done before. This, despite again, <laughs> the last thirty years of Cowboys football. But they decided. They decided for twenty twenty four. Enough, enough Sean, is enough. They're, they're like, this is. It's not working. We got to go harder. We were so close to getting Dak Prescott the MVP. <laughs> Slipped through our fingers. <laughs> Sean Mays behind the glass. I'm Paul Gallant. Paul Gallant Show. He has me at 97.5 and 92.5. Let me tell you about my friends at mybookie.ag. Promo code BET975. Your first deposit, they will match up to $1,000. How about that? You get to play with it right away. What are you going to bet on? I wish that we had the ability to bet on how long college football games would take. Over under six hours. I'm going over. But, hey, you can bet on all sorts of things here. Hey, I mean, look, maybe you don't like the 1A level of college football. Maybe you're a real D-gen and you want to bet on 1AA. How about this? Guys, big game. It's coming up on Sunday. No, not talking about the NFL. The South Dakota State Jackrabbits and the Montana Grizzlies? South Dakota State, 12-and-a-half-point favorites. South Dakota State's the new North Dakota State. Do you pay attention to 1AA football? Why are all the Dakotas good? Why is Montana also good? How do people go to these games? Is there too much snow? I don't know. But guess what? You can bet on that game at mybookie.ag. Bet on anything 
anytime, anywhere, only mybookie.ag. Use promo code BET975 for that awesome welcome bonus. ESPN 975.com. Fighter of the Night, man. One is screaming, he's so happy. The other is screaming, a passionate shout, it's the night, man. to the Paul Gallant Show, coming to you live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. I have more things to complain about now that I'm back from vacation. And this was something that I discussed when I was hanging out with the Killer Bees on Friday. I I thought Jeremy had a very interesting take in that maybe... Bowl season should be the first week of every single college football season because these games, they're not good. And look, those players who decided to opt out, I got nothing against them. If you think you're going to get drafted, you don't want to risk getting hurt, have at it. I do think that you might regret not playing in that game years later if it was possibly the last ever football game that you got to play in. There's definitely a possibility for regret years later. These guys love playing this game for the most part. That's why they get into it. But I've got no issue with the guys opting out. The problem is we've gotten to a point where are you going out of your way to watch any bowl game? That is not in the college football playoff. Are you going out of your way to watch the cheese it Citrus Bowl with Brock Osweiler doing color commentary? Oh, if I knew Brock Osweiler was on the call, then checking in. Someone sent me a picture of Brock Osweiler holding a cheese it wrestling belt without any context, and it made me laugh very hard, and I tweeted it out. Nice. Every Cheez-It Citrus Bowl has a story. Maybe pick something that's a little bit more citrus-related. Like the Minute Maid Citrus Bowl would make a little more sense. Well, I'm sorry, Sean. The idea of cheese and citrus is pretty nasty to me. Well, you don't you don't have have a handful of Cheez-Its, then wash it down with some... Uh, orange juice? Orange juice, yeah. No, I'm not that much of a psycho when it comes to the color orange. They're all orange. Probably some Syracuse fans that do that, but hey, whatever. We're, we're savages. It makes sense. It's orange. You have to be orange to sponsor the uh, Citrus Bowl. These games are not good because of all the opt-outs, Sean. I mean, I think a lot of people were hoping to get some sort of piece of evidence that Florida State deserved to be in the college football playoff, and then Georgia sent them into the sun. They, they just melted them, immolated them. And, and I got to be honest, I think if Georgia was playing a full-strength Florida State team, I, I do think Georgia would have killed them. But not by 60. Right. Maybe probably by, by 20. 20. Yeah. 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 They still would have... And again, this is not even that good of a Georgia team. So maybe it would have been a close game. But 
there were some really bad games out there, and something's got to be done because there, there, there's no reason to watch any of these games. And as you continue to expand the playoffs, each one of these games is completely meaningless. And it's a bummer because this is supposed to be like the last hurrah for a lot of kids who are playing in their last ever game. And now these games are worse than preseason games. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of uh, uh, obviously a lot of talk about like how to fix it, and I, I do think that the putting them as week zero that's interesting at least uh, to have it to where basically you earn your bowl game from the pre- previous season because that's like the best case scenario for some of these bowls is that hey at least we get to see like our young freshman like Tennessee got to see uh, their uh, freshman stud quarterback basically make his first start. Uh, for the Vols. And so that, like, I can see if you're a Tennessee fan, you're like, this is at least interesting to me. Like, this is, like you said, it's a little preseason-y, but a lot of these people are also going to watch the spring game that they play in April. So, where it's a same-team same, same team scrimmage. So, it, you can make it to where it's, like, sort of interesting. I think another interesting one, uh, or another, like, kind of easy fix that you don't have to change too much, because, like, playing them in in September in Orlando, that's going to be, you got to jump through some hoops to make that work. Uh, another one is just have the awards after the season. And so like, <laughs> if you want to win an award, like it would super help if you ball out in your bowl game. Uh, because guess what? We probably have a different Heisman winner. If uh, 100% did it after panics, we probably have a best uh, wide receiver, the Belitnikov, the wide receiver award with uh, Roma Dunze, the Washington guy. So there are, there are different, you know, ways to incentivize this. I think ultimately what's going to happen is that it, the whole student athlete thing is just, they're going to be employees in like 10 years. And then, <laughs> Hey, guess what? You're on the clock, buddy. You can't. You can't. We have in our contract right here. You're gonna have to play in the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl, uh, no matter what. So that, and maybe they can come to some sort of agreement where you don't play. Because like for like Marvin Harrison, there is no reason for him to play the None. Cotton Bowl. It's the what really it is is the transfers that really like because that affects every team. And there's so many transfers on the, a lot of these teams where. You know, team yeah. like AM. Just AM just played with a different team than they normally play with. Kyle McCord left Ohio State to watch Syracuse get waxed by South Florida. And and Syracuse's new defensive coordinator is recruiting for Syracuse while coaching the bowl game for Texas AM. Yes. Who has had multiple players transfer from AM to Syracuse. Yes. <laughs> This system is so stupid. And that is like barely even a transfer portal issue. Even if the transfer portal didn't exist, it would be so stupid for the reason that why is Elijah Robinson coaching this bowl game? No sense. When he is actively recruiting for a different team. It makes no sense. And I, I get that some of these guys are like, well, I have a job to finish. But there's lots of players who are like, Nah, f that. There's a lot of co- there's also a lot of coaches. Coaches are doing that too. Like, uh, all that A and M staff is going to get fired. Like they all have different jobs this year. Do you think they were like really really killing themselves to prep? <laughs> there's really no way to make this better other than the solution that that uh, I know Jeremy and others have have produced. Like it, this is and it makes no sense to have your bowl games in September. But this doesn't make sense either. And on top of that, like throw in these games are five hours long. They have 30-minute half times. Why? And it's not like the game hasn't sped up. 
The game actually is quicker. The problem is they're adding more commercials. I'm sorry. Do we need to have as many promotions for these terrible network TV shows that nobody is going to watch that take up 45 seconds, 30 seconds a minute every commercial break? Because that's the bigger part of the problem right now. The commercials have gone out of control. You're going to have a 20-minute halftime with the bands playing. You're not even going to show the bands on TV. I'm just going to get another promotion for NCIS, Paducah, or CSI, uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. And and don't forget the new season of The Bachelor. (laughs) Right, which is still going. There's just promos for show after show after show. Sorry, are there commercials? I'm not watching it. It's 2024. I'm not watching it. Yeah, I, I mean, there is a, a situation where even even like 15 years ago, like there was no situation in which like, I don't know, it, it basically pick a bowl game before Christmas that gets played before Christmas, like the Hawaii Bowl or whatever. No one's like sitting down and being like, ah, I got, got cracking open a beer, watching two seven and five Mac team or a Mac team that's seven and five and a Mountain West team that's seven and five play each other. Like you don't need it to be like, an awesome experience. You just need it to be not terrible. It's something that you can at least enjoy as you're passively watching while you're at your family's house. And instead you're seeing games that are void of offense yeah. by one team who has lost like, its entire coaching staff or player uh, uh, personnel. Like there's never been a good pinstripe bowl. There's never been a good Fenway bowl. There's never been, if they play in a, baseball stadium chances are there's never been a good bowl game that gets played in a baseball stadium unless it's the astrodome in the 80s like there yeah. just has not been a good bowl game that's in a mostly the baseball As field someone who's seen my alma mater play in yankee stadium for a bowl game four times i agree yeah so there does like what's being lost isn't like the prestige and the majesty of the pinstripe bowl because that never ha- like we are lying <laughs> to ourselves. We are lying to ourselves if the pinstripe bowl ever meant anything to right. anybody. The Gator Bowl, like the 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 Beefo Brady's Bowl, the the fifth tier Orlando Bowl game, like none of that ever mattered. The Gasparilla Bowl, sorry, mm-hmm. you never mattered. But the you really just need to deliver on like the Cotton Bowl, the Alamo, the Fiesta, the, the basically from like December twenty eighth on. That's when there needs to be a standard that we need to raise. And so that that's the real issue where you feel like, man, this this is terrible to watch. I used to dump on the Rose Bowl every year and to what you're saying right now. Now I'm like, well, at least the Rose Bowl still figures it out. And it's the college football playoff, so it's a little bit different. Yeah. But you got the beautiful uh, sights of, of Pasadena in the background with the hills and the sunset. Like it always looks just, yeah. just sexy. It's the most, like, basic take you can have, but it's just like, man, Rose Bowl looks awesome. It feels special, and I used to dump on people who talked about it, and now I'm like, oh, well, now that there's no Pac-12 involved, this is a great game. We don't even have to watch the Pac-12. This is awesome. Well, finally, Alabama and a Rose Bowl. Right. It's like, oh, we got a little SEC in here. Let's go. (laughs) Real real football. Hashtag real football. And I love doing that because all the UW fans used to get mad at me for dumping on the the Rose Bowl. But that's the problem is, like, there's only one – bowl game that if it wasn't a part of the college football playoff that some people would have some yeah. attachment to. And by the way, not really anymore because they just just voided the Pac-12. It doesn't exist anymore. Like, it's just gone. So now, like, the memories that people on the West Coast have watching that game, which was special to them, is gone. None of these bowls have anything. Anything. They're just a hollow shells. And then on top of that, you got no one playing in the games. So, yeah. I... 
It's almost to the point where, like, the only way to make this better is expanding the playoffs more than you've already expanded it or playing those bowl games in the early weeks of the year, the year afterwards. But no one would ever want to do that because it would perhaps hurt their chances to make the college football playoff, which they're probably not going to make to begin with anyway. And and you can lose, like, going forward, you can lose three games to make the playoff, guys. Uh, (laughs) Like, stop worrying about it. Um, The... I don't know if with the expanded playoff, are they going to play the, like, I know the first round is going to be home games, but I think the quarters and maybe the semifinals will be in the six. Cause they will six, lock it in. There's six, six bowls, New Year's, yes. there's New Year's six, which means there's six bowl games that stand above the rest. Right. And those are the ones that are Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, Peach, Cod Cotton, bowl. another one I'm forgetting. Orange another, Bowl. Orange Bowl, Tostitos Bowl, uh, Fiesta Bowl. Um Tostitos hasn't sponsored in like good for 10 years. To- good for Tostitos for um, being more memorable than Fiesta Bowl. Yes, but the those I think you know there'd be four quarterfinals games and two semifinals games. That's six games. You have six bowl games. You can stick them in. Like you can just do that for the neutral sites, and then you know the finals in Houston or in Miami or whichever city bids the most to right, yeah. to have it. So that that is like kind of an easy fix. And now we're just talking about like the again, the holiday bowl isn't very special anymore. And we're also in a world where the top twelve teams are making the playoffs. So you're really dealing with a whole bunch of eight and four teams playing playing bowl games where you're like, man, this used to mean something in which case I would ask, did it ever really mean anything? Like did did we ever feel great of like when Paul, when I, I can't imagine this happened very often when you're growing up a Florida fan. But when they went seven and five and played in a bowl game that wasn't like um like the Outback Bowl or something yeah, like that. Yeah, when they played the Outback Bowl, those nine and three. like hung, hangover games where you're like, why are they kicking off at you know eleven a.m. on on New Year's Day? Like, did that mean something to you? Because for me, it really didn't mean anything to me ever. It's all passive entertainment. It's all I am watching this because football is on. It used to mean more to me, actually. But I think part of it has to do with the fact that we had less options back then. And when you have less options, you're going to watch a lot of these bowl games, even if they're not great bowl games. Because I remember vividly watching some old bowl games with, uh, hell, I mean, this was the Orange Bowl, but Tom Brady against uh, Alabama with Michigan. Uh, watching Michael Bishop with Kansas State in bowl games. Like There are random things that I remember from games that were not necessarily close to being like in, in, as a part of the conversation for the national title. And now, yeah, I, I I feel no urge to watch any of these games. Except except when a Pop-Tart is going to be eaten by Kansas State football. That's true. That was pretty sick. Was when pretty a sick. giant Pop-Tart's going to be... <laughs> he gave himself up. Gonna, I, I mean, to be we, the bread of life for we all those go to players. Break. We got to go to break. It was a pretty good analogy for Catholic Mass. That was, <laughs> it was a pretty good analogy. I, I've got Catholic Mass takes. Got to say... If you're any priest out there, look. <laughs> Paul, it has to be tight or be tight. Be, be tight. Or tease it to go you to got, garbage you got, you got two big events, you know, like the college football playoff. You got two big events. You got Easter. You got Christmas. You got to give me a better homily for Christmas. You got to give me a better. If I'm going to go back to church for the first time in seven years, you got to give me a better homily than that. You had, you had Father Quinn yours. My God, <laughs> The lights yeah. were too bright. No, for- <laughs> it was, no, no, no. The, the, the homily that this guy gave was uh, essentially Florida State against Georgia. It, it was it was just, it was not good. Anyway, it's the Pogolot Show. Sorry, Archdiocese of Houston. Stick around. 
ESPN 97.5 on Twitch. I don't get it. There are things in this world that we will never fully understand. Understand. Back to the Veritex Community Bank Studios and your favorite 10 to noon sports talk host, Paul Gallant. Give him hell, Paulie. Someone asked from the 832, why does Paul keep manifesting these Texas-Washington matchups in every spot? Because, of course, we had Astros-Mariners last year. A Seahawks-Texans Super Bowl. Is that up next? That's from Honey Glazed Branham. Uh, not... Not in February, but... No, not this year. Because the Seahawks stink. The Seahawks are obviously the one that's not going to deliver on that. Right. Which is pretty crazy to say. <laughs> it's pretty crazy to say that, given where we were going into the year. But yeah, man, that was a pretty, it's a pretty big blown spot by them um, on Sunday against the Steelers. Anyway, um, look, dating's hard, right? It's hard. 2024, I'm hoping, is going to be a a new year, a uh, better me. Um, Did have a date on New Year's Eve. Got to say, had a great time, even though it went as disastrous as possible. Do you guys want to hear how much of an effing idiot I was over the course of this date? And I wasn't even intoxicated. So here's a a list of things that I did poorly on this date. So one. I get an Uber, but apparently Uber has changed. So there's Uber Comfort and there's Uber X. And I think to myself, okay, Uber X can't be bad. The Uber X car that I get in with my date, it smells like feet. It just, it's this awful car. There's no air conditioning. I'm not sure if my man driving the Uber had showered recently. So it just smells rough. So... We take the Uber to the place that at least I thought I bought tickets for, for a table. It's like a club. So I go to Warehouse Live in East Downtown. Get to Warehouse Live in East Downtown. It is an abandoned building now, which I had no idea about. Because apparently Warehouse Uh, Live has moved. You don't listen to Beat the Limo Guy. I don't. Uh, You would have known. So I go to the other warehouse live spot it is at this moment in time that i realized i did not bring my wallet and i'm like oh damn i'm not going to be able to get into a bar that i paid like a hundred dollars for two seats at a table because i don't have my id but they don't check my id when i go through and i'm thinking to myself okay i mean i i am wearing a tux so that might be why oh that's why yeah no it turns out that this was an 18 and up club. <laughs> and I get in and I'm like, are you kidding? So it turns out the person whose table that we booked, they got like phased out of the table that we were supposed to stay at. So we had to get our own separate table and we go over to the table. It's so far removed from everything. And the worst part is we just get this bless her heart little buffoon of a waitress who proceeds to, we, we order a bottle of something. 
she she runs Spark, it on the sparkling uh, sparkling water because yes. it's eighteen plus. <laughs> right, exactly. I know, right? So 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 we 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 order a drink, we order a bottle. She runs it on the card, comes back to like, oh, we're out. We order another bottle. She runs it on the card. Had voided the last order. Comes back, we're out. Order another bottle. Runs it on the card. Comes back, we're out. So I didn't have a credit card. And the person who booked the table, that was her one credit card that she brought. So we couldn't get any bottles because her card had been essentially flagged for fraud in that moment. So it's just a disastrous New Year's Eve. And I don't think I'm ever going to go out on New Year's Eve again. And I still had a good time. We went to a dive bar and then I went to Numbers, which is an experience for, for the real ones out there who know. But yeah, that was about as disastrous as possible. I mean, I, I booked the Uber to the wrong spot. I didn't bring my wallet. Yeah. I bu- booked an Uber with a guy who smelled like feet. Yeah, I, I mean, some people would be into that, but. I'm surprised the date didn't just leave. I'm, I'm I, very surprised. I, she is out, a shout trooper. Out shout, shout, out out to, shout out to her. Shout out to her. May 2024 be the year. Uh, at least she finds a husband. Yeah. I don't know about it. I don't know if I, I want. I don't know if this is the year for you, but that that I hope I hope bitter, bigger, yeah, we'll better say. things for her. We'll see. I, we, I wish worse things for you, Paul. Well, well, well that's not nice. That's uh, not nice. I, I hope I hope Syracuse goes six and six this year. Oh, that's not nice either. Well, do you think I should take her to a Dave and Buster's if we have a next theoretical date? <laughs> because it it has gone viral a tweet by some uh, some bird, some broad. She tweeted out some guy had the audacity to ask me out to a Dave and Buster's on a first date. And I'm thinking to myself, that actually is a pretty good first date idea, I think. I think that determines whether or not somebody who you're going on a date with is fun or is a stuck-up, pretentious you-know-what. I think it's a great way to determine it. Because, again, it's it's not the top of the line, but there's there's decent food at Dave and Buster's. There's fun things to do at Dave and Buster's. It's not super expensive. No. No, yeah. I I mean, it's, yeah, you can eat and... I mean, you don't even have to play like all like I'm not saying you act like a nine year old at Chuck E. Cheese, but like I don't know, shoot some of the guns, play skee ball, like whatever the yeah. I don't know. Do they still have like the NASCAR uh, arcade oh, game? Like just play those. Like time crisis. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying you have to like rack up the tickets and go go buy a I don't whatever they sell in those those snap snap wristbands or whatever mm-hmm. they whatever they have at the gift shop. Like yeah, just have some fun. This that to me. Yeah, I think that says more about the person, uh, I don't know, who turns their nose up at Dave & Buster's yeah. than, like, it's a good, like, eliminator of, like, yeah. boom, <laughs> date one, we're good. If we, if we can't agree on Dave & Buster's, we can't be together. Dave & Buster's is a great spot. we got to do a remote show at Dave & Buster's. I, I'd be down. I'd love to do that. I'd That'd be, be great. Yeah. Anyway. Try, try to beat me at the little shooty hoop. Uh, oh, you're good? You're, you're a Papa Shot King? I, I'm better at Papa Shot than I am at actual basketball. I got beaten by a girl on Papa Shot once, and I'll never play it again. Oof. She was very good. Was it on a first date? Mm, well, it was on a last date. I became. <laughs> that was her ick. Because. She was like, I can't I can't sleep with a man who can't beat me in Papa Shot. 100%. That, that's a good spin zone for the ladies. Oh, yeah. Like, he sucks. Let him take you to Dave and Buster's. <laughs> you and can his, see if he's an alpha and, or if he sucks at sports. Look at his jump shot. <laughs> yeah. Eshawn Mapes of Pogalot, Connor and Beard are up next. Have yourselves a wonderful Tuesday. Peace.
let a naysayer know. ESPN 97.5 on YouTube. Dog Show. Dog Show! I am joined by my delicious friend, Mr. Rocky Balboa. And I'm, of course, joined by Mr. Bojangles. <laughs> 